Alama koso koto bokuri bekende. Oh, rebe siki reme shula baba. Mondo remba nenda ruko to sekelebe. Ye karabasha talama nangande ngondo limanaya. Ye ngambanda rabana. Oh, rese tekelebe baba kushoko yebo. Mo rebe kinde nganda nenda anda. Ha, mashala dadadaba. Oh, Rebecca, Kerryandaya. Ha, ha, ha. Mosekedebe. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers him. God delivers us from them all. In all of these things, you are more than conquerors. If God be for us, who can be against us? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our faith, our confidence, and our trust is in him. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Glory to God. I'm going to share with you this morning a message that I'm titling Developing Unshakable Faith. Amen? Developing Unshakable Faith. Whether it be one message or a series, that we are going to find out. But developing unshakable faith, how can we develop a faith that cannot be shaken, that is solid, that is established, that is fixed, like Gibraltar? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so we acknowledge the Holy Spirit who is the teacher. Amen? Now in Hebrews chapter 10, now as we begin, before we be, I'm going to share with you some keys as far as we are able to go. In developing this unshakable faith. But let me let me put this as a as a backdrop, as a so that whatever I say, whatever the rest of the message, whatever comes out in the rest of the message, let's think of it as being painted on a canvas, and the canvas on which this message is being painted is the sacrifice of Christ, what Jesus has done. Amen. It's like that is the backdrop. Amen. That is the green screen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <clears throat> All right. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 7 says, speaking about Jesus, he says, Then said I, lo, I come, Hebrews 10, verse 7, Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. He says, I've come in the volume of the book. I've come. The volume of the book, the word of God, to do thy will. Well, it is not his will that we should perish, but that we should have eternal life. It is not his will that we be sick, but that we be well and we be, and that we would walk and live in divine health. It is not his will that we should be beaten and trodden down and, 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 and broke and poor, but rather it is his will that we would prosper and be in health even as our soul prosper. It is his will that we will live in a place of liberty and freedom and, and victory. That we will walk and live in authority over the enemy. That we would live as kings in this life. The Bible says he's given the true one man obedience. Death came upon all, upon, upon all. But much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in this life by one Jesus Christ. God wants us to reign in this life. The very and that is embodied even in the reality of righteousness, in the reality of the fact that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, so we're going to be painting this against the backdrop of the backdrop of the of the sacrifice of Christ. So he says, then, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will. To do your will. What is God's will? The will of the Lord. He says, I've given us all things to enjoy. And he goes on to say, and above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin, the wood is not, neither had his pleasure therein, which are offered by the, by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified, set apart, made holy, consecrated through the body 
of the Lord Jesus Christ, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, once for all. Now, every priest standeth daily ministering and oftentimes the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, he sat down on the right hand of God. Why did he sit down? Because everything that needed to be done was accomplished by his sacrifice. Everything that was needed to be done where the human race is concerned was accomplished by his sacrifice. Everything in, that, that had to do with redemption was accomplished by his sacrifice. Amen? He, the, the, the curse that came upon the human race, he became a curse for us that we might be redeemed from the curse of the law. He bore the sicknesses, carried our diseases, so that by his stripes we are healed. Amen? He became poor that we through his poverty might be rich. He was oppressed and he was and, and so on. He was rejected that we might be accepted. So the, the, the Bible says for this purpose he was manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. Everything that the devil accomplished in Adam, Jesus put a destroyed it or paralyzed it. Let's put it this way. What the devil accomplished in, in the first Adam, God accomplished far greater in the second Adam. So the very sacrifice of Christ says it is finished. It is done. Everything has been paid for. Amen? And it is with that canvas that we will look at this issue of developing unshakable faith. Because we are dealing with that which is already finished. So it's not so much trying to get God to do this or get God to do that as much as it is to find out what has already been done and then using our faith to cause it to be made manifest. Because you see, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It gives substance to what we hope for, and it is the evidence that we have for those things that are not yet seen. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. So let's consider a few things for a moment. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Let's consider a few verses of Scripture, to just so that at least we can, we can recognize the audacity of faith, the necessity of faith, the power of faith, the need for faith, and so on. Amen? The Bible says in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, let me read it. Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. If you can believe, all things are possible to who? All things. How many things are all things? All things are possible to them that believe. And in Matthew chapter 19 verse 26, you don't need to turn to it. It says in Matthew 19 26, but with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So really, at the end of the day, is that with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And all things are possible to them that believe. Why is that? Because them that believe find themselves to be with God, with whom all things are possible. Amen? So faith puts you in, in, in agreement with God. Faith causes God to be the, the, the background, causes God to be um, to be to be to be the support to be the, the the guarantor to be the one that is behind your faith the one that is going to perform the word amen blessed be the name of the Lord so that is very important so all things are possible to them that believe because they that are believe are with him to with whom all things are possible nothing is impossible with him is that right now first John 5 4 says this is the victory First of all, it says, Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our what? Faith. Faith is the victory that overcometh the world. In Luke chapter 17, flip over there for a moment. Luke chapter 17. And verse 6 says, matter of fact, let's, let's back up a little bit. Verse, verse 6. Yeah, verse 6. Mm. In verse 5, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord says, if you have faith, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this sycamore tree, be thou plucked up by the roots, and be thou planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. Be plucked up from the roots, be planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. They say, Lord, increase our faith. And he says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall what? Say. You shall say. Let me just throw this in between. He says, if you have faith, you will say. In other words, if faith doesn't have, if there is no saying, there is no faith that is active. 
Amen? Just to throw that in there. But he says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, this is what you're going to do. You will say what it is you desire. You will say to the sycamore tree, be plucked up from the root and be planted in the sea and it shall obey you. Now I know at first it looks as if they're saying the tree shall, the sycamore tree shall obey you. And, and it does mean that, but I think more than that, it is saying that your faith will obey you if you will say. Amen? And then your faith is released when you say. Faith is released by your speaking. Your faith will obey you. Your faith will go forward. And then your faith will move the sycamore tree. Are you with me? Now, why will your faith move the sycamore tree? Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. In other words, everything, everywhere was made by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Everything, in other words, faith is the parent of everything, period. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Bible says all things were created by Him. And without Him there was nothing made that was made by the Word. Well, faith and faith and the Word are like water and the wet. They come together. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When water comes, the wet comes. In other words, you can't separate faith from the Word. So when you say that the Word were framed by the Word of God, and the Word of God made it, there was nothing made without the word, and the faith and the word are inseparable, then faith is also what made it. Do you understand that? So therefore, faith has authority over the sycamore tree. That is why Jesus can say, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall um, that but shall believe that those things which he say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Jesus could say that in Mark 11, 23, in referring refer to when he had spoken to the victory and cursed it. The reason he could say that is because faith had authority over that victory. Faith has authority over everything. Amen? But the faith must be released. And, and Jesus in Mark 11, 23 was saying how it operates. You got to speak it. Whosoever shall say to the to this fig tree, whosoever shall say to this mountain, whosoever shall say to this sycamore tree, whosoever shall say to this sickness and disease, whosoever shall say what it is he desire, and not doubt in his heart, but believe that what he say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. So faith is this awesome, dynamic force that God has given unto us that connects us, that causes everything else to come in line. Amen? Now, um, but I don't want us to make faith a mystery as if it is something far off and we can't reach it. Because the Bible says it's near us even in our hearts and in our mouths. As a believer, you are born again and you are a believer. That's who you are. There's a verse of scripture in Psalms 33 verse 1 that says, um, Praise is comely for the upright. In other words then, they that are righteous, they that are upright, Praise is what they do. It's automatic. It, it, that's, that, that's how it is. I mean, you can say swimming is comely for the fish. Amen? That's what he does. Well, what do you think believers do? They believe. Say, I'm a believer. Amen? So you're born again spirit. And the Bible says you're born again spirit. It describes your born again spirit as there is no old man in there. Right? It is the very life of Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become you. All things are of God. And this life that you now live, you live by the faith of the Son of God. Your spirit man has faith. It says in Hebrews chapter, sorry, Romans chapter 12 verse 3, that God has dealt to every man, what? The measure of faith. So we each have faith. 2 Peter 1 verse 1 says that we have like, we have received like precious faith as they, as all the apostles, through the righteousness of God. It would be wrong for God to give Peter and Paul and James and John one kind of faith. And I say, well, but them, nah, those 20, 20 people, nah, let me give them some, some lesser faith. No, we've got the same faith. So we have this capacity within us to believe God, to trust in his word, to act upon his word. But of course, it has to function correctly. Amen? Now, this faith is based on, as I said, the canvases, confidence, 
in what Jesus has already done. It's in the sacrifice of Christ. Why do I connect up faith and the sacrifice of Christ for this very reason? First of all, listen to this from a, from a mathematical perspective. 1 John 5, 4 says, This is the victory that overcometh even our faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 57 says, Thanks be to God which gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Which means thanks be to God which gives us the victory by virtue of what Jesus has done. Thanks be to God which gives us the victory through the sacrifice of Christ. So the victory is through the sacrifice of Christ. But it says, this is the victory, even our faith. Put those two together and you will see faith is confident in the sacrifice of Christ. Amen? Amen. Now that's going to become extremely important as we begin to, to, to zoom in and see well, what are the keys for us to have faith that is unshakable. And one of the keys will be what Philemon verse 6 says, that the communication of your faith becomes effective when you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. In other words, when you acknowledge what's already done, when you acknowledge what you already have, the Bible doesn't just say that, that he's going to give you redemption. It says in him you have redemption. In him we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. It didn't say he's going to bless you with every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. It didn't say that when he gave you Jesus, that later on he's going to freely give you all things. Romans 8, 38 says, He that spared not his own son, how shall he not with him also freely give you all things? It didn't say that about him going to heal you. It says Jesus bore your sicknesses, carried your infirmities, and by his stripes you were healed. So it's already done. So when you know it's done, it's not a question of trying to get God to do it. It's a question of how do I cause it to, be, to become manifest? Amen? And that's, 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 that's the difference is, is light and day. It's night and day. The difference is significant. Because it's trying, it's trying versus believing. Say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. All right. So, what are some of the keys to developing this unshakable faith? And especially with that background canvas of the sacrifice of Christ and what Jesus has already done and finished. Key number one, we must have an absolute, we must have confidence in the integrity of God's word and the integrity of God himself. Now I separate that slightly because I know God and his word are one, but nevertheless, integrity in the word of God, knowing that what, knowing is, that what God has said is already done, it is finished, heaven and earth shall pass away, his word shall not pass away. Knowing that, but at the same time, integrity in God, recognizing that God is watching over his word to perform it. That he is behind his word. That he swore by himself. Amen? Which is to say, for God to swear by himself, is like if God were to say, you know, we, we have a saying, a wordy statement, not over my dead body. It was, it was as if God would be saying that. Amen? So we must understand that the, 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 the word of God, the integrity and the audacity and the power and the unshakable and, and the, the, the certainty of the word of God and have that confidence because faith is confidence. Amen? So what then are the keys to developing this unshakable faith? Number one, having confidence in the integrity of the word of God. So let me just give you a few scriptures so as to make that point, to build that point, to drive that point home. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37 says, in the King James, uh, 137 says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Now the Amplified says, and this was regarding Elizabeth conceiving John the Baptist, etc., etc. Verse, verse uh, in, her, in, in, um, in her old age. Verse 37 in, in the Amplified says, For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or, imposs or impossible of fulfillment. In other words, then it is saying, Every word of God has power, has power, and it is also saying that there is no word of God that is going to be without fulfillment. Summarizes, you can say, Every word of God has such power within itself to bring itself to pass. You see, it says in 1 Peter 1, verse 23, that we were born again, 
Not of the word of man, but by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. So the word of God is as a seed, and it has the light within it. It has everything within the seed. So that when that tree, be, when that seed becomes a full-blown tree, it's going to be what's in its seed originally that eventually grows up. Amen? Which means the, the, the life is in the seed. The, 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 the life is in the word. The word has everything within itself. The word of God has the ability within itself to bring itself to pass. That's the reason why it says in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 that God upholds all things by the word of his power. That is why you and I are to stand on the word. If we got nothing else to believe, if we have nothing else to stand on, we are to stand on the word of God. Stay with the word of God because the word has the ability to bring itself to pass. It is guaranteed. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 and 13 says, the word of God is alive. It's a living thing. It's not a dead thing. It's not just words on a page. It's alive. God and his word are one. Jesus is the word made flesh. The word of God is alive. It is powerful, full of power. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can penetrate to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And then it goes on to say, everything is naked and defenseless before it. In other words, everything and everything before the word of God it has no defense against the word of God. The word of God and the, the word of God and God are one. All the power and authority that God has is in his word. That's the reason why Jesus could say, that's why he could say, Jesus can say, I don't have to come hear him, in a sense. He can say, I just, just speak the word only, and my servant will be made well. That's what the centurion did, I think, in Matthew chapter 8, did he not? Just speak the word only. You don't have to come to my house. Well, it also says in the Psalms that he sent his word and he healed him. I mean, there are times you pray for someone and it's on the phone and there's somewhere else. And what are we doing? We are declaring and speaking and releasing the word of God because the word of God has that kind of power. Amen? It is not subject to distance and space and time. Hallelujah. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 56 says, Blessed be the Lord that had given us rest unto his people. According to all that he had promised, they had not failed one word of all his good promise. Why? It has the ability to bring itself to pass. But now you see, the word of God also needs, needs our agreement for us to have its fulfillment in our lives. It is settled in heaven. The Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 89, the word is forever settled where? In heaven, but if for it, but for it to be settled on earth, you've got to agree with it. Amen. Amen. You've got to release. You've got to connect your faith with it. Hebrews chapter four says, um, the, the, "The word preached didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with faith." You got to mix it with faith. That's why we're also talking about faith. But this faith begins, and this faith has its must. First of all, it makes what makes this faith strong is when you have this confidence that His word cannot fail. That is impossible for his word to fail. Numbers 23 verse 9, he says, God is not a man that he should lie. Or the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's going to make it good. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Hallelujah. So, the, the, so you've got to get understand that the integrity, the audacity, the, 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 the faithfulness, the dependable uh, uh, nature of the word of God itself, and then of God who backs up his word. Psalms 138 verse 2, God says, I will magnify my word above all my name. I will magnify my word above all my name. Which is to say, God is as if God is saying, my word is, my name is good because my word is good. Amen? And my name is only as good as my word is. And he's got a great and mighty name, isn't he? Yes. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 1 verse 12, God says, I will watch over my word to perform it. I will hasten my word to perform it. Isaiah 9 verse 6 speaks about Jesus, that when he comes, he's going to be the prince of peace, and so on and so forth. And then it says, the government will be on his shoulder. 
No, I like, I like that. Because you see, when you and I step out in faith, and you and I begin to declare and decree and, and, and operate in faith and think and talk and, 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 and speak, sometimes the devil can, the, the enemy can try to bring an oppression and a torment to your mind and make you feel as if you are responsible to bring fulfillment to what you're declaring. And because of that, people get intimidated. People get intimidated by to, to declare that I am well. By his stripes, I'm healed. This sickness can't stay in my body. You just check me out in a little while, and you're not going to see any trace of, of, of whatever infirmity it is. Because I'm healed in Jesus' name. I were healed, and I am healed. People have difficulty talking like that. You know why? Because they feel they're going to look stupid. And first of all, because they feel that they have got to do something to make this word be fulfilled. As if it's their responsibility. And it's not our responsibility. It is our responsibility to believe. It is our responsibility to, to act in faith, to think right, to talk right, to act right, and to speak, and to decree. But it is God's responsibility to watch over that word to perform it. The government is on his shoulder. Jesus is the high priest of our profession. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. I'm not my own high priest. You're not your own high priest. He watches over his word to perform it. When your word matches his word, he performs it. The Bible will say in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14, to hold fast to the profession, the confession, the declaration, the profession of your faith without wavering. Why? Because they've got such a high priest who is touched by the feelings of our infirmities, who knows and understands um, our weaknesses. But regardless of that, come boldly to the throne of grace. In regard, because it's not about you, it's about him. Amen? It's about him. Your prayers are answered, not because of your righteousness, but because you pray in the name of Jesus. God is going to do it for you because he's going to do it for Jesus. And if you come any other way, then it's not going to work. It is a faith that it might be by grace, that a promise might be true and available to all the seed. Romans 4 verse 16. One of the mistakes we can make sometimes in, in, in endeavoring to operate in faith is believing I deserve it or I don't deserve it. Either way, it's self-righteousness. Amen? And if it is because I deserve it or because I, or I don't deserve it, if it has anything to do with my deserving, then it is no longer of faith, but it is works. Amen? And the Bible says that, that, um, that, 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 that works, and works, works and boasting is illegal. Why? Because of the law of faith. Right? The Bible, and it, it also says that if it's going to be based on works, then Jesus died in vain. Then you are negating and making void the grace of God and the sacrifice of Christ. Are you with me? So it's all because of the sacrifice. It's all because of what Jesus has done. It's all because of the blood. That's why Jesus is there. What service ask the Father presenting how good you are? That's why you should ask the Father, letting him know just how faithful you have been. No. He says, what should you shall ask the Father in my name, presenting everything that I am? He'll give it to you. That your joy might be full. You know right? It's based on him, not based on us. All right? So there is God's character and integrity that backs up the word of God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 46, Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10 and 11. He declares the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a raven's bird from the east, the man that executed my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have promised I have purposed it. I also will do it. Who will do it? He will do it. Who's going to bring it to pass? He will bring it to pass. In, in, in Habakkuk says, even though it tarry, wait for it. The vision is for an appointed time. And even though it tarry, it, it, even though it tarry, wait for it. At the end, it shall speak. It shall be fulfilled. Amen? Now again, we're talking about what are going to be the keys to this steadfast faith. One of them is going to be learning how to hold fast even when the circumstances don't look like it. Learning how to hold fast when the symptoms don't line up. Amen? Because at the end of the day, it is about, I mean, to whom will he, will he, will he, will he reveal? To whom is he going to reveal um, these truths? 
To whom? Where is it? What is it in Isaiah 53 verse 1? Who had believed our report? This report that by Christ will heal. Who had believed our report? And to whom? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It is to them that believe. Amen? So, God says, I will watch over my word. I'll perform it. I have purposed it. I will bring it to pass. Titus 1 verse 2 says, it is impossible for God to lie. Isaiah 53 verse 11 says, his word shall not return void, but he shall accomplish that which he pleased and prosper in the thing where unto it is sent. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. What are we talking about? So what is the point here? The point is the number one key to having a faith that is unshakable is you must have confidence in the integrity of the word of God and the integrity of God. You must understand how steadfast, how absolutely certain it is and let your confidence be accordingly. Amen? Hebrews chapter 6, reading from verse 13. It says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless thee, and in multiplying, I will multiply thee. So after Abraham had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he had remained steadfast, after he held fast, after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. He had the promise, but it wasn't yet manifested. But after he endured patiently, that promise was made manifest. You see, you and I have the promise, but the Bible says we got to mix it with faith, and through faith and patience, we, we obtain the promises. Hebrews 6 verse 12. There is a manifestation that we are desiring. There is a manifestation and the fulfillment of the promises in the word of God that we need to have in our lives so that others that might not believe might taste and see that the Lord is good. That they would have the evidence. Amen? A lot of people are going to laugh at you until the rain comes. <laughs> All right? All right? Blessed be the name of the Lord. So after that faith, because they need to see the rain. It might be a little late for them, but they need to see that. They need to see the manifestation so that they too can believe. But Jesus, God, Jesus says, blessed are they who don't see and yet believe. And that must be us. We don't have to see to believe. We believe according as it is written. We believe and therefore we speak. That's the spirit of faith that we have. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. But you see, the reason why we could be that way is because we have this confidence in the integrity of the Word of God. Yeah. Amen? Going back to Hebrews chapter 6. So it says in verse, in verse 60, for, when, for men verily swore by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show to the heirs of the promise the immutability, the unchangeableness, the certainty of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath. So that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation, that we might have confidence, who have fled for refuge to lay a hold on the hope that is set before us. Amen? Hallelujah. God's integrity, the integrity of the Word of God, that's the basis of our faith. That is the strength. That is the thing that brings stability to our faith. Key number two. We got to learn how to trust God and to trust his word absolutely. In other words, let's put it this way. Believe. Jesus said what? Only believe. They that believe shall see the glory of God. And he said that in, in um, John chapter 11 verse 40. When, it were, when, when Lazarus was dead. And he said to one of his sisters, either Mary or Martha, that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God. If you would believe, then you will see the excellency of God. If you would believe, then you will see the man, then you will have, you will get the manifestation of his great goodness. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, they that come without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because they that come to God must believe that he is, that he's what? You must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. That means you've got to believe that God is good. You've got to believe that God is a rewarder. 
Amen. You've got to believe that there is reward in service in serving in serving God. Okay. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God of all, all, all things by the word of his power. We must believe. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. No, 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 sorry. It says, um, sorry, back up, back up, back up, back up. <laughs> it, it says, um, Apostles are not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation, unto wholeness, unto deliverance, unto prosperity, unto victory. Unto divine protection. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto all of this great salvation to them that believe. It is not the power of God unto salvation and deliverance and healing and wholeness to those that don't believe. The arm of the Lord, the power of God is revealed to them that believe. So we must believe. Romans 10 verse 14 and to 17 says, Romans 10 verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then it goes on to say, it goes on to say in verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's why we speak and we share the word of God. Amen? It is because the word comes, faith comes, and people are able to believe. Many times, sometimes I see sometimes, and uh, 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 you know, sometimes we try to squeeze people into healing or squeeze them into the baptism of the Holy Ghost without giving them the word, without letting them know that Jesus says, everyone that come to him and drink, <laughs> out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, without letting them know that everyone that asked receive, without letting, and this take ye of the Holy Ghost, without letting them, without giving them the word. Amen? The only reason why comfort was brought to John the Baptist's heart when John the Baptist was in jail and he was wondering, did he miss it? Did I miss it? You know, is this the Christ or, or should we be looking for another? And he sent his disciples to, to Jesus. And they came to Jesus and they said, John is in jail. And John says he wants to know, are you the Christ or should we be looking for another? John wants to know he's in jail and John is beginning to wonder, man, if this is the Jesus and he's doing all these miracles, why doesn't he get me out of here? Amen? And so Jesus, the Bible says in Luke version of that, it says that same hour, Jesus took those disciples that came from John and in the same hour, he went and he healed the sick. He, he opened blinded eyes. He, he healed the ones that were lame and he even raised the dead. And then he says, go back and you tell John what you just saw. And they left. After they left. Oh, and then he also said, and tell John, blessed are they that are not offended at me. Amen? And after they left, then Jesus turned around to his disciples and began to tell them how John was such a great prophet. How that there hadn't been any prophet come out of the womb of a woman uh, uh, that, that, that has been greater than this John. What a great prophet he was. My question is, why didn't Jesus say that to, the, to, those, to John's disciples before they left? So that at least they could go back and say, John, hey, man, I'm telling you, Jesus has such confidence in you. Jesus says, man, that you are a greater prophet than Moses, than Jeremiah, than Isaiah, than, 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 than all the old, than any other prophet that has ever come into this world. Jesus says, you are the greatest prophet. You would think that, John, you know, that would have been, uh, 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 Jesus would have let them go and, uh, and give him that message. But no, Jesus tell them, go tell them what you see. The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the, even the dead are raised, and you go tell them. And tell them, blessed are they who are not offended by me. Why did Jesus do that? And then afterwards, then he began to boast on John. Because patting John on the back and boasting on him and telling him what a great man he was, was not going to give him the faith that he needed to endure what he was dealing with. But what happened? When they went and they told John that, John knew the gospel, John knew the word of God. John knew the book of Isaiah. And John knew that according to Isaiah chapter 35, this was exactly what the Messiah was going to do. He was going to raise the dead. Well, he didn't say the raise the dead. That was a bonus. But he was going to open blinded eyes. He was gonna, the lame was going to walk. The deaf was going to hear. And all kind of people would be healed. So when they went and they told John that, what happened? They were, John was there, the word of God came back to John, and John recognized, uh-huh, this is the one. He is the Christ. 
And as you know, John probably says, good, I'm ready. Whatever Herod want to do, he can do. I'm cool. I accomplish my assignment. I must increase. I must decrease. He must increase. And he was able to come into faith. Why? Because of the word of God. He, that wouldn't happen if they had just simply told him, if Jesus had just sent a message to tell John what a great prophet he was. What am I saying? I am saying that faith comes from the word of God. I am saying it is the preaching of the word that produces faith. That's why the Bible says, how are they going to hear without a preacher? So sometimes, you know, some people just try to slip people into the kingdom of God. Slip them into baptism of the Holy Ghost. Slip them in. Give them the word. Because the word produces faith. And God has so made us and designed us so that we have that capacity. But it needs the word to ignite it. Amen? Hallelujah. How does this faith work? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13, we believe according as it is written and therefore we speak. Romans 4 verse 17 talking about Abraham. It says Abraham, uh, uh, let me flip over there. Romans chapter 4. Glory to God. Romans chapter 4 verse 17. As it is written, that may be a father of many nations before whom he believed, God, who quickened the dead and called those things that be not as though they were. God called those things that be not as though they were. God said to Abraham, I have. He didn't say, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. He says, I've done it. God says, in the spirit it is done. You are a father of many nations. And the Bible says, before him whom he believed, even God. Now, that's a very important statement. Because, you see, sometimes, when, in other words, before him, in other words, when he got into the same position as God, and he could stand before God and see what God sees, and see what God sees, then he's able to say what God says. Amen? And once he got into that same position and he could see that I, what God was saying, I've been made a father of many nations. The light, light went off. And so now he was able to now go and introduce himself to folks as Abraham, father of many nations, father of a multitude, for, even though he didn't have any children. Why? And, and he was calling those things that be not as though they were relative to them here. But he was calling it the way it already is in the spirit. He was calling it as it's already done. You see, if I've got some physical infirmity in my body, and I declare that by his stripes I were healed, and I am healed, I'm not talking about what it looks like. I'm not talking about what it is in the natural. I'm talking about what is already finished. I'm talking about the way it is in the spirit. I'm talking about what Jesus has already done. And if I would do that and hold fast to that, then this here that is temporal will be transformed and will be changed. That is what 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse um, 16 and 17 talks about. 16, 17, and 18. This light affliction is but for a moment, it says in verse 17. But it will work a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory while we're looking not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. When we're looking at what is finished and declaring at what is finished, then faith comes. And faith is a substance that will change what is seen to what is unseen. That's the spirit of faith. That's how faith operates. Amen? Looking. Looking. Jesus says, it says in, um, back in when the children of Israel were being bitten by serpents and Moses was told to put a serpent for the sick and, and, and hold it up, that dry brazen salt or, um, serpent, and it says, everyone that looketh shall live. Everyone that looketh to that cross where it's finished. Everyone that looketh to Jesus who bore your sicknesses and carry your infirmities shall live. If you look there, not at what it looks like. Not at the apparent. And that is the, that is, that is the whole purpose of faith. And that pleases God. Amen? Before him whom he believed. So, what has to happen then? This believing. This believing, is it just a mental thing? I personally believe that all of your being, as much as is possible, must come into agreement with the word of God. James 4 verse 8 says, Purify your heart, ye double-minded. In other words, we must not be double-minded. James 1 verse 6 and 7 says, Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Because he that wavers is as the wave of the sea, tossed to and fro. Don't let that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Amen? So we cannot get into doubt. In fact, 
I believe Romans 14, verse 23, when it was speaking about he that eateth and he doesn't eat in faith, it's sin, etc., etc. I believe if you break it down, it is saying to you, to you and I, doubt your doubts. When your doubt comes, say, I doubt you, doubt. I don't agree with you. The Bible says, submit to God and what? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Unbelief, doubt, fear is from the devil. You yield to those things, you yield to the devil. How do you submit to God? Agree with God. Amen? If I don't agree with God, I'm not submitting to God. If God says I'm healing, I'm saying something different, I'm not submitting to God. So I got to doubt my doubt. Amen? I have to be single-minded. I got to agree with God. I got to align myself with him. Align myself in thought, in speech, as much as possible in action and in attitude. Where my thoughts are concerned, Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I got to think right. Romans 12, verse 2 says, don't think like the world. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think according to the word of God. Think according to what God says. Romans 8 verse 6 says, to be spiritually minded, to think like God, is life and peace. What kind of life? The life of God. Amen? But how do I get to that place? How can I think the way God thinks? How can I come into that place of where, where that's my thinking? I can think of whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever the Word says. The Word of God teaches that you got to meditate on it. Which means you got to take those words and chew it. You got to take those words and, and, and roll it wrong in your mind. You got to keep it before your eyes. Uh, Proverbs 4, 20 says, Attend unto my word. Incline your ears unto my saying. Get it in the midst of your heart. Just spend time with the word. Squeeze it, massage it, sing it. Memorize it. Amen? Spend time with it. Joshua 1, verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein. Keeping it in your mouth is meditating on it. Speaking it is meditating on it. Muttering it is meditating on it. Singing it is meditating on it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you might observe to do according to all that is written therein, and then you will make your way prosperous, and then you're going to have good success in whatever area it is. Amen? So your thoughts got to be right. You got to align your thoughts with God. How can two walk together except there be agreement? There is power in agreement. But not only power in agreement in terms of uh, uh, people agreeing to, to get in that sense, but in our agreement with God and in our agreement within our own being. You know, there's a verse of scripture in actually in, um, in James chapter 3, and I believe, and verse 4, and verse, um, ha, ha, ha. Okay, but if you, right. Um, okay, Hebrews 3 verse 14 says, But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your heart, Glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom has descended, da 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 And many times we say, we read it in the sense of if there's envy, and if there's bitterness, and if there's, there's strife in your heart, in your hearts, we think if there's strife among us, oh, it doesn't include that. But it's talking about strife in your heart. If there's this strife and all that divisions happening in your heart, it hinders your faith. It short-circuits your faith. Amen. So the um so you you so the the the, the issue so aligning your thoughts with him, letting your thoughts be in agreement with him, being being in agreement, having agreement within yourself, so that your mouth and your mind agree, and your attitude agree, and your actions agree. When your thoughts and your mind and your attitudes and your actions agree, that's called your conversation. And the Bible says in Psalms 50 verse 23 that when you order your conversation aright, God says he will, he, he will manifest your salvation. He will manifest the deliverance. Philippians chapter 3 verse 21 and verse 20, verse 20 and 21 says that our conversation is in heaven. It's to line up our thinking, our speaking, our attitudes, our actions are to line up the way it is in heaven. The way, the place in which we are blessed with every spiritual blessing according to what is finished. Where we are looking for that savior of our body. Where we are looking for that deliverer to be made manifest. And it says when we do that, he will show up. He will rise up from within us. 
and even make our vile body to be like his glorious body. When that happens, healing is made manifest. How? What was our part? Not his showing up. Our part was the ordering our conversation. Letting our conversation be as it is in heaven. Letting our thinking, our speaking, our attitudes line up with what is finished. Amen? Philippians 1 verse 27 puts it this way. It says, let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel. In other words, let the conversation be in agreement and in harmony and in support of the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is Christ in you. The gospel is the sacrifice of Christ, what Jesus has done for us. Amen? That's what I'm saying. That's the backdrop. So your thoughts must align up. And we meditate the words so to get into that place. Your attitude must line up. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, sorry, Ephesians 4, verse 23, it says you need the whole spirit of your mind renewed. To not be as it was the old man. You need to put him off, strip him off with this conversation and put on a new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And let the spirit of your mind, your very attitude, line up with this new man that you have on the inside. And then your speaking. Your speaking needs to line up. Right? A tremendous verse. Psalm 17, verse 3 and 4. It's, look at it, meditate on it, and see what it is saying. I'm going to read it to you. Psalm 17, verse 3 says, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalm 17, verse 3 says, the last part of it, I have purpose." That my mouth shall not transgress concerning the works of men by the word of your lips. I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. The devil is the destroyer. Taking the words of God's lips, putting it in my mouth so that I'm talking right, keeps me out of the pathway of the destroyer. You look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 10. It says that, um, neither murmur ye. As some of them, as some of them also murmured, that's in the wilderness, and they were destroyed of the destroyer. Their murmuring is they weren't talking right. And what happened? The destroyer destroyed them in the wilderness. Can, can you see that? But it says, by taking God's words and putting it in my mouth, I can keep myself from the pathway of the destroyer. So I gotta learn to talk right. Psalms 39, verse 1 says, um, it says. I will take heed to my ways I, that I sin not with my tongue and I'm going to keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Because the wicked one is the devil and he wants to take your words that you speak wrong and use them against you. So don't, don't give him that. Don't give him that. Amen? Actions. Well, the Bible says faith without works is dead. Your corresponding actions, as much as is possible, must line up with what you're believing is. Must line up with the word of God. Amen? Now, there's sometimes where your corresponding actions can't totally line up. For instance, if you were in the belly of the whale like, like Jonah was, and you believe God for deliverance, you can't just start swimming. <laughs> Amen? So Jonah's best corresponding action was to give God thanks and praise. Amen? Sometimes your best corresponding action is thanking God for his deliverance. Thanking God that his word is true. Thanking God for the fulfillment, even though it might not yet be made manifest. Sometimes your best corresponding actions, and you always look to the Holy Ghost. Um, you look to the Holy Ghost to tell you what the right corresponding action is. Sometimes the corresponding action is for you to sow a financial seed. Sometimes it might be to make a phone call. Sometimes it might be to just, I mean, to begin to move that limb. That was, that, was, that was damaged, right? That, 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 to begin to do what you couldn't do, as, as many healing ministers would say. Sometimes it's that. But as much as it's possible, it might not, but the corresponding action might not be that if I'm wearing glasses and I believe God to heal my eyes and I believe I receive my healing from my eyes to just put my glasses on the ground and start stamping on them and crushing them, that's not my corresponding action. Amen? Unless God tell you to do that. Taking mud and spitting on it and rubbing it in your eyes? If God tell you to do that, fine. <laughs> Are you with me? Amen? But let your actions, let your, as much as is possible, and your speaking, and your attitude, and your thinking line up with the Word of God. And there is no limitations on your thinking and your speaking and your attitude lining up with the Word of God. Are you with me? Because your, your, your physical actions are in the physical natural realm, sometimes there are limitations. 
But you look to the Holy Ghost and the wisdom of God that as much as life within you, as it says, amen? So come in agreement. Come in alignment with the word of God. So that is the second major key. The third major key to being established and to be fixed and to have an unshakable faith is having this comprehension that it is finished. I refer to that a little bit, so I'm not going to spend time on that. Recognizing that all that I'm declaring is based on what's already done. Recognizing he's already given unto me all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And he's given me these great and precious promises that I can take it and access the divine nature and draw it out. Amen? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Amen? Ephesians 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption. John 19, 30. Jesus says, it is finished. I have not come understanding that it is finished. And faith is confidence in what is already done. Therefore, Philemon 6 says, that the communication of your faith becomes effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Which, to put it this way, it says your faith is going to work. When you acknowledge what is done, is done. When you acknowledge, it is finished. Right? Number four. The, the fourth key is this issue of steadfastness. Holding fast to the word of God. Holding fast to the word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, let me flip over there. Hebrews chapter 10, reading from verse 35. It says, don't cast away your confidence. You believe God and there is no manifestation? Don't cast away your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. So after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So stay fast. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Them that are righteous... Them that have been declared the righteousness of God shall live by having confidence in the sacrifice and in what he has finished. But if we draw back from that, my soul will have no more pleasure in him. Jesus says when he returns, when he finds faith in the earth, when he finds people maintaining that confidence in what Jesus has finished. But we are not of those that draw back, amen? We are those that believe even to the saving of the souls. We believe to the saving of the souls. Hallelujah. Through faith and patience, we possess that soul. Through patience, we possess that soul. Through remaining steadfast, we bring that soul into line, that mind and will and emotions and attitudes. Luke 21, verse 19. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, But thanks be to God, we give us the victory. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, by virtue of what Jesus has done. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We, the reason we can be steadfast and movable is because he's given us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given us the victory based on what's already finished. Amen? He's given us the victory by virtue of the sacrifice. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, be unmovable, and abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hebrews chapter, let me see, no, I'm not going to do justice to that. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, reading from verse 14, it says, Exhort one another daily. Verse 12, sorry. Take ye, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Unbelief pulls you away from God. It pulls you out of that oneness that you have. But exhort one another daily not to do that. <laughs> Let any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin separates. Sin is separated from him. Unbelief is separation. But we are partakers of him, of his life. If we hold fast the confidence, steadfast in the end. We must hold fast, stay in that place. Stay in that place of, 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 of standing. Now, the Bible says um, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, Hebrews 10, 23, hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, because he is faithful, that promise. Now, let me just say this. The very root of this holding fast that it speaks about in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 comes from what comes before in that chapter, which is here you are. You have your, your, your conscience has been purged 
from every dead work by the blood of Christ. You are now a worshiper that comes before God having no more consciousness of sin and separation. Because God is not holding your sins and trespasses against you, verse 17. And you, so you are able to come boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And because you, and this is the new place in which you live, coming through that blood, coming through the veil of his flesh that was stoned, coming based on the sacrifice of Christ. And it says, so we are to draw near, verse 22, with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled oh, from an evil. He says, look, I'm having trouble. I am, I mean, there is, there is trouble on every side. There's distress, there's persecution, there's perplexity, and all of these are things. They're trying to kill me. They're trying to push me over the cliff. They're, I mean, all kinds of stuff is coming. Wrong accusations. All of this is coming against me. But he says, you know what? None of these things move me. Because I always bear about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. I live with that confidence in what he has already finished. And because of that, no matter what's going on, I maintain that confidence and I stay in faith. So no matter what's going on, because of what he has finished, we must have that confidence in what he's finished and let that become an anchor for our soul. Let that become an anchor for our faith. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right? That was key number four. We're going to stop here for now. I don't know. There's two others. We're going to pick those up next week. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I got steadfast faith. The very faith of Christ has been deposited in me. The life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hmm? Praise the Lord. Well, blessed be the name of the Lord. Are you blessed? Amen. Praise to Jesus, huh? The offering. Pastor Dad, you... Want to come receive the offering? Well, I, I turned the question to you. Why do we give? We know that the Lord, the Lord loves a cheerful giver, right? And why do we give? Come on, Mark. Give me. Why do we? It's the will of God. The will of God. Why God wills for us to give? It's blessed to give than to receive. Amen. He gave his son. He, you give, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. A man would give it to your bosom. You want to increase in your workplace? Give. You want promotion? Give. It is, it's, it's a lifestyle. We give. We give all the time and to meet the needs of the house of God. And above all, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection, and his soon return. To bring many sons to glory, that's why we give. And it's a good cause, amen? People give to cancer society, to this society, this society, just out there with a good heart. But we give that the kingdom of God will be established. Amen? So uh, if you want an envelope, Pastor Graham is a serve, and, uh, and your reward comes from heaven. Hallelujah. When you plant a seed in a good soil, it produces, right? So planting it in the Lord's ministry house where we proclaim the gospel, it will produce. So water it with your faith. Thank you, Jesus. Brian, would you like to come play a little bit? Lord Jesus, we adore you. We love you. Thank you for coming down on the cross for us. And thank you for the great, glorious church that you are part of. We give you honor. We give you glory. We, sh we do not even recognize what will be when you appear in your glory. That glory inside of us manifests upon us. That the world will see that the church is the actual authority in this earth. And, and your word says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So we are in it in Canada, Lord. We declare you are our Lord. You are the Lord of Canada. You are the Lord of the nations. And every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. Because love never fails, and his love shall prevail in every sector of society, in every culture, in every continent. In the name of Jesus, we declare it so. Amen. 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 I pray in the name of Jesus there will be greater hunger and thirst to reach up the, for the lost, 
Amen. Wherever you are, be transmitting the life of Christ through you and the kingdom of God. Beautiful the blood. You like the beautiful blood? Thank you. 